0: listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. As the city grapples with how to right-size tourism in Sitka following two record-breaking cruise seasons, should it change the goal of its visitor services program? That's a question the Sitka Assembly will be considering when it meets tonight. The city contracts out visitor services to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce, which provides those services through Visit Sitka. The city pays the chamber a base rate of $300,000 a year for these services, sometimes with additional money on top. The main goal the city and the chamber have agreed upon in the contract is to increase the level of visitor traffic to enhance the economy and maintain tourism businesses in Sitka. A memo from Assembly members J.J. Carlson and Kevin Mosier says that this goal deviates from where the Assembly currently stands. At last year's work session with the Chamber, Assembly members indicated that they wanted to maintain, rather than grow, current levels of cruise traffic. Carlson and Mosier have asked the Assembly to carefully consider whether the current scope of the Visit Sitka contract aligns with present-day needs. In other business, the Assembly will also consider the City's legislative priorities for 2025 and discuss the recruitment of a new municipal attorney. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska is kicking off a new COVID relief program. In an interview with KCAW, STA Tribal Council Chairman Woody Widmark announced that all tribal citizens will qualify for a one-time $1,000 payment this spring.
1: I'm sure the tribes to be very busy here in the next probably starting today (laughs) and and you know for the next time frame that we have to um, assist and and um, tribal citizens and apply for this thousand dollars that um, that is highly needed.
0: The funding is coming from the over 22 million dollars in federal COVID relief that STA received in 2021 from the American Rescue Plan Act. Over the last two years That money has been spent on everything from immediate health and safety needs to childcare grants and transportation. Over 20% went to direct cash assistance for citizens. The program is open to STA tribal citizens of all ages, whether they live in Sitka or elsewhere. Outreach caseworker Jean Swanson said the tribe will be hosting several events in February to help with the application process.
2: We will hold a clinic that's open to all tribal citizens on Saturday, February 10th from noon to four at 204 Saganaka Way, Um, and we'll have another one that we'll announce later on Mm -hmm. for that, I believe. Um, But Elder Coffee Time that's open to our elders in the community um, will offer assistance with applications, and that's on February 13th from 1130 to 130 at Harrington Centennial Hall.
0: The application period for STA's COVID relief program opened on January 22nd. Tribal citizens have until March 31st to apply. Applications and more information can be found at SitkaTribe.org or by calling 747-3207. Research work last summer on the Mount Edgecombe crater near Sitka has shed some light on what may be happening below the mountain, which began to show signs of life almost two years ago. The movement of magma remains deep and isn't producing any measurable volcanic gases at the surface. A doctoral researcher at UAF recently shared her data with the Sitka Rotary Club. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: The Rotary Club is probably not the first place you'd go for the latest information on volcanology, but when a crater long thought to be dormant starts rumbling to life about 10 miles from town, no one in Sitka is uninterested. Claire Pulio is working on her Ph.D. at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Mount Edgecombe caught her eye at about the same time as everyone else when an earthquake swarm was detected under the crater in the spring of 2022. Subsequent satellite measurements showed that the slopes of the mountain had been deforming at a rate of nearly four inches a year, and surface temperatures on some parts of Cruzoff Island were warming. Pulio spoke to the Sitka Rotary meeting over Zoom.
2: And then the other thing that really piqued my interest was a lot of information from people in Sitka about interesting things that they saw on Kruzof.
1: A video shot by retired search and rescue captain Don Cluding of a small pond percolating with bubbles on Kruzof Island made the rounds in Sitka, as did another gassy phenomenon, this time discovered by a state trooper.
2: And then um, Kyle Ferguson was hiking down along Shoals Point um, in kind of the south east portion of the island Um, and he found this hole that had some warm kind of sulfur smelling air coming out of it too so I wanted to explore that as well to see what is that and is that even related to the volcano.
1: Pulio didn't elaborate on whether having volcanic gas venting at the surface of Kruzoff Island was a good thing or a bad thing. It's all part of the information she and her partners at the university and the Alaska Volcano Observatory are gathering in her words to understand where we're headed and what kind of activity might be there. Pulio joined a team who visited Mount Edgecombe twice last summer, sampling the air around and above the crater in a helicopter and collecting samples from the ground using an apparatus about the size of a cook pot turned upside down in the soil, all in search of the signal gas isotopes produced by volcanoes, which differ from those produced through biological processes about 550 vials of air total, which were shipped off to a lab for chemical analysis. Then using information supplied by the trooper, she went looking for the hole and incredibly found it.
2: So we found this hole um, and what we did was place that same multigas, which is what we use for the gas plate to measure the gas in the air. We placed that over the opening. You can see that in the lower left-hand corner and then measured the air that's coming out of this hole.
1: It proved not to contain measurable volcanic gases, and Pulio suspects it is actually a lava tube, which is still something. The bubbling pond was only a little less disappointing. Pulio and a teammate used trail cams to learn what times the pond was percolating, and then they clambered into chest waders to collect gas, which turned out to be mostly the result of biological activity, like decaying plants.
2: We had no volcanic gas detected at Shoals Point, And then the gas that was measured from that bubbling pond shows no clear volcanic signal, but could potentially have a small contribution from a volcanic
1: source. For a volcanologist, it might be a downer that exhaustive sampling of the air around Mount Edgecombe turned up very little evidence of volcanic gases. But that doesn't mean nothing is happening deep under the surface. There's been plenty of evidence to suggest that the mountain is becoming active, and when there's any change in the atmosphere of Kruzoff Island... Julio will have a baseline.
2: The really great thing is that this establishes a really good background that we can measure against in the future. So if we go back to Edgecombe, or if ADO goes back, or I have the opportunity to go back, um, we can collect the same samples again and compare them and so we can see if anything is changing.
1: In the meantime, the Alaska Volcano Observatory has placed four seismic stations on the slopes of Mount Edgecombe, and scientists continue to note sporadic, occasional, small earthquakes deep below the crater. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Less than a week after Juneau got buried under nearly 30 inches of snow, a second storm is triggering school closures, clogging roads, and running plow drivers ragged. KTOO's Clarice Larson and Anna Canney chatted with some of the people responsible for dealing with all that snow.
3: As snow kept piling up in Juneau on Monday, 16 inches in Saturday night. Public Works Director Denise Kosh says keeping up is an all hands on deck situation.
2: CBJ streets crews are out doing everything they can. Our water utility is out doing everything they can to do things like try and keep um,
3: fire hydrants clear and those sorts of things. The Juno School District shifted to remote learning Monday and CBJ offices were closed due to the snow. Kosh says the city is fully staffed with plow drivers and contracted help, and drivers have been working night and day. She says two city loaders are out of commission, but that's been the only equipment hiccup so far. Independent plow drivers have also been working long hours to clear private driveways and roads. Brian Klassmeyer says he's been plowing his routes in the valley twice a day. With constant snow and fluctuating temperatures, he says it's hard to keep
1: up. When it's been snowing for several hours and then the temperature changes and now it's 30 degrees and it's starting to get wet, then it's really difficult to remove. And then if it freezes the next night, especially if you have a berm, it's almost impossible to remove. You can break your plow.
3: Debbie Driscoll with AELNP says there have been no reported power outages as of Monday afternoon.
2: We're knock on wood, um, you know, not really seeing anything right now. It's cold, so trees tend to stay in place when it's, you know, really cold and the ground is frozen.
3: She says the weather warming in the coming days could bring some outages. Capital City Fire Rescue Assistant Chief Sam Russell says the department has not had any reports of roof cavens as of Monday morning. Kosh says how much weight a roof can handle depends on factors like pitch, age and location. People ask these questions about, you know, uh, whether or not they should shovel their roofs. Um, and it's not, unfortunately, it's not one size fits all sort of sort of answer. The city does offer guidance on its website to help residents assess the potential for roofs to collapse. Meanwhile, Juno Harbor Master Matt Cresswell says there have been no reports of boats sinking yet, but he strongly encourages boat owners to go shovel their boats if they can get to the harbor safely.
1: At, at this rate, the the, the snow is going to keep coming, and it's getting heavier and heavier, and we're just we're starting to be really concerned.
3: Last week at Aurora Harbor, three boats sank under the weight of the snow. Three more were saved just in time. Capital Transit has shifted to winter routes until midnight. In Juneau, I'm Clarice Larson.
0: Taking a look at the community calendar. When filing for 2024 Alaska Permanent Fund dividends, Sitkins are encouraged to consider donating to the 27 Sitka-based nonprofits participating in the Pick, Click, Give program. The deadline to apply is Sunday, March 31st at pfd.alaska.gov. For more information on the donation program, go to pickclickgive.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.